So a couple of weeks ago, we had Emily Squires on the programme. And of course, Johnny and I were thinking, well, we're just scratching the surface. So we thought we'd ask her back for part two. So Emily and Johnny, welcome to the both of you. Hello. We had over 1,500 hits on the other one on uh, Facebook. Uh, amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I was really surprised. Great <laughs> stories. Famous. You are famous, famous Emily. Famous. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I, the other day, I, I had to do a podcast for somebody else. You know, this is the way things work. You know Rob, Rod Woodward? Do you yeah. remember Rod, the comedian? He's got a... Yeah, yeah, got, no, yeah, yeah. Give me five. And uh, so they, you had to choose five of your favourite people for dinner guests, you know, special guests. And I chose Dorothy Squires because I thought, well, there's so much about Dorothy, I'd love to know, but, you know, because I didn't need to. Probably, yeah. Yeah, oh, I, God help yeah, you. I, <laughs> she's very entertaining when she was on form. Yeah, yeah. Life was never dull with her around. <laughs> because you were there, Emily, you were her niece and you were there with her and Roger as well before before he left. So what stories did we miss out last time? I think you've got a bit of a list, Johnny. I mean, you, you better introduce well, yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Well, what about the planet? What about her in the Tiger's in the Cage? Cage. So, hold on a second. Well, Dorothy Squires sang well, in a well, tiger's cage. <laughs> well, Auntie Dorothy, <laughs> right, uh, when her marriage was breaking up in 1961, she was scheduled to do a charity show. So just go there with everybody else. There was huge amounts of stars there. Bootsy and Snudge, uh, you're probably too young to no, remember No, I remember that. Bootsy and Snudge. My dad Bootsy used to love Bootsy and Snudge as well. Just Conrad, uh, Cyril Fletcher, all of those, the old actors, Donald Sinden and stuff Bruce like that. Was there, Bruce Bruce was. Forsyth. And Dorothy was there and she chose to sing in the tiger's cage at Billy Smart Circus. God. It was a, a charity event at the circus. Wow. So they had all the tigers in the cage and she was told to take off all her jewellery because the sparkly bits annoy the tigers. Right. So... Um, if they get annoyed, obviously, they're, they're dangerous. So she sang them, say it with flowers, the tigers. I think the funny story I heard was uh, Bruce Forsyth led her into the cage, didn't he? That's right. And then Roger Moore was sitting next to him, and he's, and uh, Forsyth said, I hope, I hope Dorothy's insured. And Roger said, I hope the tigers are insured. <laughs> <laughs> well, she wouldn't have gone down without a fight, would she? That, I, mean, I, I no, do well, always yeah, feel yeah. nervous for the tigers. She, she, obviously, yeah. she sang well, and she, she escaped with her life. That's right. Yeah, and put a little jewellery back on again then. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, okay. And what about Bex? You said there were some break-ins. I didn't know about that. Yeah, um, over the years, um, I know of five uh, break-ins right. to the house. Because I was counting the other day, there's about six entrances into that mansion. Right. So, and it was, it was not very well, um, well, it wasn't burger-alarmed. <laughs> she didn't care. I don't I mean, think she insured anything. I'm not either. quite sure whether we locked the doors every night either. But what used to happen was they used to break out of the mental home at the on um, where is it near Dartford and Bexley Heath um, psychiatric wards. Right. And they used to escape from there, and obviously they came in looking for clothes. I think because they were in their um, hospital clothes. Yeah. Yeah. And they'd nick clothes, not jewellery or anything like that. they just nick clothes. And one night she came back home. And I don't know how she lived in that house alone sometimes. Um, she came back home and she switched the light on in her bedroom. And this man jumped out of her wearing one of her wigs, <laughs> shot past her <laughs> through the other bedroom, down on top of um, the conservatory part of the building and ran off up the, up the um, roadway. Goodness <laughs> me. I suppose he's... What about the poltergeist? There was a poltergeist there, she said. Well, when they first went there, when they all lived in the house, the family lived in the house, there was allegedly um, a poltergeist that uh, used to hang around there and it used to manifest itself by switching hoovers on and off. And when you were in bed at night, little, little paws, it felt like... Um, 
touching your body. I mean, it's probably squirrels. <laughs> it wasn't me, was it? <laughs> <laughs> it was with Betty. No, not with it Betty. It was Betty that felt the pause. Oh, Betty. <laughs> Betty did, from Push. Betty from Push. She was Dorothy's best friend at school. Yeah. Did, you <laughs> have, did, did, did you ever come across the poltergeist? Or is it, had it gone by no, the time I you didn't, went there, Emily? No, I did because it was there before I was born. I think the youngster that was there was Reen's son. Right. So they say that they were caused. But she had it exorcised. Really? That was great. Yeah, she said she had it exorcised. So, yeah. I'm sure, there were some right people who used to turn up there. The one there was, I think it was Tony Booth came there once, didn't he? Yeah, Tony Booth and Mark Eden. Mark Eden, who was Dorothy's boyfriend at the time, right. was doing a show called Catch Hand, um, a weekly series um, about some dustbin men, I think it was. But he came down to, Tony Booth came down with his daughters. It's probably Sherry Blair. Sherry Blair. Yeah, that's what I, that's, yeah, he had twins, but he had obviously Sherry Blair. So it could have been her when she was a little girl. Goodness me. See? So, yeah. And and people uh, used to just sort of turn up ad hoc. There was um, Frank Highfield once I was swimming in the pool and this guy came. Because nobody rang the doorbell in the summer. They just came round the back garden because there was no way of blocking it off. And I thought, that's Frank Highfield. Oh, all right, OK, get on swimming. <laughs> yeah, it was like open house, the place, you know. And one day I came up there for um, the weekend and there's Hilda Baker right. in the bedroom. Oh. She's got a broken leg. Dorothy's taken pity on her. And she got to staying at the house. And, and they had a love-hate relationship, so it was very good of Dorothy to actually... Oh, Hilda was hard work. That'd have been fireworks, because you worked with Hilda Baker, didn't you, as well as living with yeah. Dorothy Squires? You, you worked in, with Hilda. In, in the Lonnie Donegan show, she was a nightmare, Hilda Baker. <laughs> she wouldn't speak to anybody. And uh, in the end, she was, she was doing um, playing poker with the boy, boys of uh, Lonnie's band. Yeah. And they'd be ripping her off, having rotten on purpose. They didn't like her. <laughs> But, uh, oh, my God, what about the fire? Yeah, I, I think, talking about the poltergeist and the fire, I think that the fire that happened in Dorothy's house was caused by the electrics, which is probably hence the, the poltergeist thing. But what, what happened was they all went to bed that night and in the middle of the night, obviously, something caught fire hmm. and it went through the whole of the house. Now, Dorothy, because she, I think it's safe to say that she... She was suffering from anxiety yeah, yeah, yeah. at the time. She'd had this pad built onto the side of her house, increasing the size of it again, of an open plan, bedroom upstairs, then wooden stairs coming down, and then the lounge, kitchen, uh, bathroom area. So she'd locked herself in there that night. And there was her sister in the other part of the house. Fortunately, I, I wasn't there uh, that um, time, because sometimes I did stay down there the night. Yeah. And there were six tenants in the top of the house and it, the fire caught hold really badly when I went there the following day um, there was no floors left or ceilings left in some of the places and she was rescued by one of her tenants who as she was trying to get out of the door he was trying to kick it down and he kicked it down and knocked her out goodness <laughs> so she got out and her sister got out um, the only fatality there was there was a dog a, a big poodle, Jason, he, he suffocated behind the settee. Wow. Um, but the place was a mess. But the fire, in all likelihood, she used to heat her, her dishes up on this electric um, storage heater. Right. And we think <laughs> we think that there's something went wrong with that. Yeah, yeah. And it caused the fire. But it, it was it was dreadful. Yeah, because that house was somebody else. I mean, she, she had 
all the parties, of course. But what about that? Didn't she do a big um, charity event there or something? They were all like Cliff Richard yeah, a lot. In 1963, she had something called Fiesta 63, a charity do. It was to do with um, a, a Dr. Clark. They had um, introduced, I think it was... Um, Kidney, kidney dialysis machines, yeah, yeah. something something like that. She was, I know, it was a kidney foundation because Dad died of a kidney uh, disease, and so once again the place was full of people from show business. Um, the whole of Zed cars seemed to be there, if you remember yes. that at one time, and all the disc jockeys that I could ever think of were on. That was before pirate stations, etc. So that was all the sort of um, fluff Freeman. Um, Pete Murray, Pete Murray yeah. and stuff like that. Um, David Jacobs, uh, Desmond Carrington, it would yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. They were all there. And the night before it, people that were helping to put it on uh, were sleeping in the house. There were sort of like 22 women upstairs and 22 women, uh, men downstairs sleeping all over the place. Because what she'd done was turn what was the allotment at one time into a fairground. Um, so it had the sort of shove penny, gold, winner goldfish, tombola, coconut shies. Yes. Not a dollywood, it was a dottywood. <laughs> <laughs> and then in the evening, she was due to have a show yeah. that was going to be um, Tele- televised. Oh, I tell you that story. But, but you, you can tell that story because I, d- I didn't know because I was only 13 at the time, so I wasn't aware of the politics of well, it. What it was, she, she, she'd had a big show up, well, like, all these stars were on it, right? Yeah. So she wanted it to be televised, obviously, to make money for this charity. So she rang Rue Grade, not Lou Grade, Leslie Grade, mm. who was head of ATV at the time, and she wanted to tell it. He said, I'm sorry, Doc. He said, we can't. We haven't got anything in the schedules, right? So on the night in question, they showed an old film. She went berserk. She went berserk. So yeah, Leslie, Leslie Gray had a heart attack, so she sent him a telegram. Impossible, you haven't got one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one of the top agents in the country. She didn't go. She broke. She insulted. She didn't care. You know. Yeah. And everybody enjoyed themselves. It was an awful day. I remember it rained and rained and rained, yeah. but people just kept coming. All the locals, you know. Yes. They know that will um, come into the stores and, and play. No, it was very. It was a good day. Oh, I, 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 it was I, really good. A lot of um, memories that helps. Yeah. What about doing your own work? <laughs> oh, in the summer, um, I'd uh, go and stay with Dorothy. Uh, this holiday is about six weeks long. And I had um, an essay that I had to write about Mary Tudor. You shouldn't be doing homework. It's uh, not fair. You know, you should be enjoying yourself. She said, give it to me. What, what's the brief? And I told her. And she, she, she wrote this, this story about Mary Tudor. I don't know how that it was totally accurate, but I copied <laughs> it. And she got a B+. Plus. <laughs> <laughs> she left school at 14. <laughs> but she was all there with Dorothy. Oh, my God, she was all there, all right? The more you, she got here. Yeah, the more you hear, the more remarkable this woman really was. Oh, she, she was unbelievable. Big heart, um, little fella, but big heart. Yeah. The, the, the last time um, I saw Dorothy and Roger together was at my 11th birthday. They came down and brought me a writing case, which I still actually have. I showed it to John the other day. And two books, Louisa May Alcott's um, What Katie Did Next and Ben-Hur. I think he bought Ben-Hur because he wanted to play the Stephen Boyd part. <laughs> <laughs> I've still got the book, actually, with his signed in it. And he signed it as well. Oh, yeah. my God. Dorothy and him, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, so you can make a few quid if you weren't skinned. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, well, you saw him again, didn't you? Didn't you see yeah, him? Yeah, the last time I saw him was after the Palladium uh, concert on December the 6th. The Variety Club of Great Britain have their Christmas do, mm. and it's at the uh, the Dorchester... Gro- the, no, the, Grove the, House, oh, right? sorry, yeah, the, the Grove and the House um, main ballroom. And the place was full, and Dorothy arrived late, and she was dating Simon Oates at the time. And I arrived, I think, late with her, and the place was absolutely chock-a-block. And she was at the top of the stairs on this gone-with-the-wind staircase. And um, as she walked down the staircase with um, Simon Oates, the whole of the room stood up and applauded because of the Palladium the night before, because they wow. knew how well she'd done. Yeah. Anyway, she had a table of 20 people, and we were enjoying ourselves, having, having food, etc., dancing. And she said to me, I want to go to the loo. I went, OK, we'll go then. No, I want to go to that one over there. I went, well, oh, OK, I don't need to come with you. No, come with me. Right. Well, I didn't have my glasses on, so I couldn't see very well as well. So she had hold of my head and she's dragging me across the dance floor. And I then saw who she wanted to pass by. It was Roger and Louisa on a table of two. <laughs> and the heads went down as we went past because <laughs> I think she... They thought that she was, um, they, you know, yeah, she was going to say a few words. <laughs> well, but that must have been something for him. I mean, because let's face it, he left her for Louisa and then she gets a standing ovation as oh, she comes I, in. I, I was happy with the standing ovation. I thought, oh, that's, oh, that's absolutely brilliant. And when I knew that Roger was there as well, I thought, oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Revenge is sweet. <laughs> did, he, did you actually speak to him that night or did you just see him on the table? No, I just saw him on the table simply because I was so shocked because I didn't know he was there. Somebody yeah. obviously told Dorothy. Yeah. yeah. I want to go to that toilet over there. <laughs> <laughs> well, what a, and what about all the time she got picked up by the cops? That was something well, else. She didn't have a very good record in the car. Um, right. She, she had enough um, car fines to pay for a room, quite frankly, because she just used to abandon her car if she wanted to go somewhere, you know, anywhere. Right. You know, she'd have a dreadful time now. Well, what she, she used to do, she used to keep an old ticket and stick it under the windscreen, hoping that they'd think she'd been... But she'd, get, she'd just get more. <laughs> then then one, one night on the way back from town, I was probably in my teens again, um, and she was driving the Thunderbird, which is quite noticeable. Yeah. And the next thing I know, I look up, the car's pulled to a halt, and there's a policeman on the bonnet. <laughs> it's like... It's like a comic thing, like, you know, stop. <laughs> and he just threw himself. It wasn't, she didn't hit him. She, he threw himself onto the bonnet of the Thunderbird. I, I, because she got stopped, I think, for um, breathalyzing stuff, they thought, well, Thunderbird, fair game. You know, yeah. let's have a bit of fun. Yeah, yeah. And then on another occasion, we're coming, well, there's quite a few of us actually coming out of the A&R Club in Charing Cross Road. We were going to the Embassy Club that night so we were looking for a taxi anyway Dorothy decided to hail a taxi but she didn't take any notice of the fact that this one didn't have its for hire sign up so she got in the taxi and she wouldn't get out (laughs) (laughs) and the language was a bit fruity (laughs) and so he he tried to pull her out who did the the driver the driver who actually was related to Bernard Breslau and she kicked him so he pushed her back into the taxi and drove to the Strand Police Station. So I got a taxi and followed the car. Follow that car. Follow, the taxi, follow that taxi. And she's 
they've taken her into the back of the police station and I'm sitting in the front and I'm, I can hear these voices and she's shouting, oh, what are you doing to my aunt? And so I barged through the double doors and carried on down there and then I got frog marched back again. You can't come out here. Oh, God, it was awful. So somebody came and took me to the embassy, but they let her out later on. Do you know but what? Yeah, that? she got done for ABH. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember when she was going over Southwark Bridge, I think it was, and she was swaying about a bit and she was pulled up? And, and she wouldn't get out of the car. And eventually, when they went round, she shut the door and the policeman couldn't get her. They went round the other side and dragged her out. Yes. And she skagged her leg. Anyway, they dragged her off to, to the um, the police station, right? Uh, will you take a breath test? No, she wouldn't take a breath test. Take a blood test. Take it out of my knee. You just made me cut my knee. <laughs> and then they lock her up. And she's in the, in the jail with some, like, hookers or whatever. Yep. Oh, she wasn't in was the jail with Janie Jones at one time. Oh, Janie Jones. That was, that was another time. But you talked about Payanda <laughs> before, but she was in the... Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> she's banging on the, on the thing. Let me out, let me out. And this wo- this woman, this um, police woman said, keep it down, Flossie. She said, who are you calling Flossie? And a couple of right expletives. She said, are you married? She said, no, I'm not surprised at bloody feet like that. <laughs> I was to the police lady. <laughs> the police lady. <laughs> She's, can you imagine it? With a big coat on in the jail, you're banging on the wall. Let me out. She, she was a virago. She really was. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. What about Bray? Anything happened in Bray? But she moved to Bray afterwards. Yes, it's, it's amazing they let her in there, actually, because directly opposite us lived Terry Wogan. <laughs> to the side lived Mary Montgomery and Larry Holloway. Up the road was Michael Parkinson, then Frank Boff, then Rolf Harris. Wow. All lived in this place called the Fisheries in Bray. He's still there, Rolf, you know. He's, he's back out of jail. He's actually well, Michael there. Parkinson's there because he's got a house that looks like a little castle. That's right, yeah. He's still there. Yeah, I think Terry Wogan moved away for a very good reason. <laughs> would, they, would they mix in that case? We know would, they, would, they, would they have dinner parties? Would they come pop around for coffee? Or? Well, what, what, ha- what would happen there is Mary Montgomery came over. She was a very nice lady. I liked her. But the rest of them, we tended to meet at other people, ordinary people's places uh, right. for parties. Right. I remember um, Dorothy and I went, for some reason, to T.C. Weezy's place. Oh, that was his daughter's 21st birthday, Scarlett, her name was. Who's T.C. Weezy? Um, he was the, he was the, the hair- Oh, sorry, he was a hairdresser. Raymond's. Ra- yeah, right. Raymond's hairdresser. He was, he was the first, I think, really, in this country, celebrity hairdresser, wasn't he? Yeah, it could have been, yeah. Mr. T.C. Weezy. <laughs> and with, there was... Uh, Michael Parkinson and Georgie Best. So oh, I, so I, I was talking to them and I said, "Oh God!" I said to Georgie Best, "Why have you never played for England?" He went, "Because I'm Irish." But <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> so didn't didn't Jack Jones's old man turn up? Oh yes, one afternoon. You know that. What would you call those little tiny boats? Well, it was, a, it was a launch. It was a motor launch, wasn't a, it? A little tiny. Because she motor lived on the on the river in Bray. She had her own little um, uh, jetty. Jetty, yeah. Right. So he'd gone to what, Henley. I think they used to be able up in Maiden. You used to be able to hire these, and he came down and he pulled up and off he came. But Alan Jones. Alan, Alan Jones. Jones. You know the, the yes. Groucho Marx is. Uh, he used to be in that. Um, yeah, the Donkey, Donkey Serenade, Serenade was his big song. Yeah, was he was married to yeah. Sid. No, you were married to Sid, not somebody else. Was he Welsh? Jack Jones. Jones. Jack Jones always sort of like talked Jack about Jones his Welsh roots. Jack Jones is um, father. Is Alan? Alan. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think they were Merthyr. They were originally from, weren't they? Yeah. What a lovely man. Yeah. yeah. He was really nice. So he turned up in his boat, like you know, hi there. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> they say, where have you been, you Welsh bastard? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they well, they were all over one another hugging, you know, last time they saw one another, et cetera, and stuff yeah. like that. In yeah, in Hollywood, yeah. Another time, Tessie O'Shea knocked at the front door. In actual fact, Tessie O'Shea knocked at the front door uh, to Bexley, and she was never in. Dorothy was never in, according to her. She wouldn't let her in. She wouldn't let her in. <laughs> so she turned up at Bray this time with a bunch of grapes. And um, I said, it's Tessie O'Shea. And she said, I'm not here. It's very awkward. Why didn't she like Tessie then? I don't know. She, I mean, you know what she's like with people at the door. She didn't yeah. like speaking to everybody if she wasn't done up and dressed and stuff like that. Yeah, so. yeah. You know, and, and, and a star like Tessie O'Shea, I, th- I think, and I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure on the night that the Beatles played the Ed Sullivan show, one of the other guests was Tessie O'Shea. You That's know, she right, was in, and she cracked America for her. Yes. I mean, she, she, became, she became huge in America, Tessie, didn't you? Yeah. Didn't she sing on an elephant? Yeah, that Dorothy took over because she fell off the elephant. What? <laughs> Hold on a second. <laughs> she used to. There, there was a show at the Palladium with Tessie O'Shea was top of the building. She used to come on, stay on an elephant, right? <laughs> As and you she do. fell off. <laughs> and so they asked Dorothy to take over the show, so she did. And Dorothy got on the elephant. I wouldn't have thought so. No. Was, she probably had enough <laughs> of the tigers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, you know, the more, again, you know, not just a, this little fella with this massive heart, but, you know, mixing with the biggest names in entertainment, you know, in, in those years. I, we forget well, how Not only that, Barbara Cartland as well. Oh, Barbara Cartland. She used to go to dinner with Barbara Cartland and uh, Mountbatten. Mount <laughs> <laughs> you look so puzzled. Really? <laughs> she used, she used <laughs> to take Marina Monjos. Did you know Marina? She was a makeup artist in Cardiff BBC. Right. Oh, yes, Marina. She Lovely used, Marina. Yeah. You know, she used to take Marina to these parties. <laughs> so, well, they, I mean, they were just, just dinner parties. with be like Barbara Cartland and Lord Mountbatten yeah. and Dorothy Squires. I met Barbara Cartland in Dorothy's uh, dressing room after one of the Palladiums. Um, uh, she she was there. Oh, and you, <laughs> Dorothy had never done a royal variety show. Right. So what she decided to do was hire Jeanette Charles. The one who used to do, do you remember Jeanette Charles, no, the impersonator of her? Oh, queen? yes. Yes, yes, I do. I do remember. So she had yes. her sit in the royal box. <laughs> <laughs> How she met Barbara Cartland, Barbara Cartland wanted to make an album. And Norman Thank Newell, you. who was Dorothy's recording manager, did it for her, and, I, and he met, she met him yeah. through Norman, I think. That's right, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I suppose there was a, you know, if, if you're brought up in that Lord Mountbatten world, and, yeah. and then Dorothy, who doesn't care what she says to anybody, treats everybody exactly the same, I, I would have thought. Oh, it yeah. sounds like... Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, so you I... Know, the point is, see, Matt, she, she was... You say she's mixing mix with all these big stars. She was bigger than all of them in her days, so yeah. they all knew her. yeah. She was huge in the 40s and 50s when these were all just, like, coming up. You know yeah, what I mean? Yes. And, and she was mixing with the the toughs, so, so to speak, the, the races as well. Oh, yeah, when she bought the horses. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I, I said hello to the Queen Mother one afternoon when we were at Ascot's. <laughs> we're just passing by. That's new man. <laughs> Can you imagine Dorothy and the Queen Mother in the Royal Enclosure? Oh, what a mix. Well, she was a hell of a girl, the Queen Mother. Well, yeah, you, apparently. Uh, apparently, go on, go on in, we'll see if we can we give this in. didn't have her to dinner. <laughs> she, she, apparently, she used to say, uh, is there an old queen down there who can get a gin and tonic for an old queen up here, please? <laughs> 
I said, what's the true story? Yeah. Um, and you say, yeah, because she was the biggest star of the lot, you know, and I suppose they all wanted to be associated with her as much as, you know, she, she was, well... She, well, yeah. she took it for granted. Yeah. 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 And all of I these things... I suppose being in Hollywood for seven years, you must have met loads. Yeah. Yeah, I, I found an old bill that my father... Because my father managed her and the... Um, some people when they were doing shows and I found an old bill of how much he paid Morecambe and Wise. It was £45 for the week. <laughs> was that a pantomime or something? No, it wasn't a variety pantomime. Show. It was a variety show. Variety yeah, it was a variety show. show. Yeah. £45 they got. Yeah. What, what, did you, what did you think about Hollywood? Did you, did you, was that one of the times that you were close to her? Or you know, Obviously, she was in Hollywood, so it was a long way away. Well, she, we used to lie in bed at night and, and she used to tell me the people that she'd met and about Liza Minnelli not shutting up and wanting to sing at parties all the time and Roger's affair with Dorothy Provine because Dorothy went down to about six stone there. Right. Um, um, and Burt Lancaster. Yeah. Um, all the old ones, Coburn, Gloria Swanson she met, I believe, at a party too. So she they, she used to go to all the parties, and Roger and her, because obviously she was trying to show him around the town, I think. Yeah. Did we ever tell you about when she was asked to do a show in, uh, where was it, the Moulin Rouge? Yeah, Hollywood. There was, when she was there with Roger, she never worked, you see, and then they said, so there's this big agent, I think it was William Morris, he said, why didn't you work over here, Dorothy? He said, well, you know, coax me some more. And he, and he said, well, I can get you this week in the um, Moulin Rouge, a big nightclub in Hollywood. And anyway, she she only did one night and they kept her on for a full week or a couple of weeks. And she said she used to drive around the town to see her big pictures of her on hoardings. But the, the up, upshot of this was she used to sing My Mother's Day. And Elvis used to go in in, in, in disguise because he loved his mother just to hear her singing My Mother's Day. Right. And then when, when he died, Dorothy said in the paper, poor Elvis, he was my biggest fan. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh, my goodness uh, me, my goodness me. Well, that, I mean, what, what an amazing life she had. And you, Emily, sharing so much of these stories as well. Yeah, it was it was good fun. But as I said, life was never dull with her around. Never dull, <laughs> oh, no. never dull. Have we, have we missed any stories out, Johnny? Have you got anything else I on the know, list? She's she written some stuff down, yeah? I, I was looking through an, an old website that Dorothy had going um, once and I was looking at the people who'd actually written about her in their autobiographies and biographies. And there's 22 people that she appears in their books. What about Australia? Oh, Australia, yeah. That <laughs> pianist, go on, tell me that story, that's great. <laughs> I think she was on the South Sydney Juniors, this big club in, in Sydney. Right. And um, her MD had had several bevies. Right. A little glass, <laughs> taking a glass. And she was about to stand up and do the intro, and he went, oh, one, two, three, four, and sat down and missed the chair. <laughs> right. So when she came up, she did her all that. Her whole act, and she was she was perfect. She didn't think about what had just happened. But when I knew what would happen when she came up, let me get at him. And I went, no. And I locked her in the in the dressing room, and I put the key down my cleavage. She went, you think that's going to stop me? <laughs> she was going to kill him because he was drunk. I went, you're going to calm down. I said, do it when you calm down. I'm not letting you out. So what were you doing on that tour? Just just looking after her, were you? Well, yes, because for a while, uh, I suppose you could say PA and dresser mm-hmm. and stuff like that. That's why I went there. She had somebody do her up instead of stranger. Yeah. Um, and a confidant, so, yeah. someone she could trust. Yeah, yeah. 
What about the Andrews? No, what about what oh, the Andrews sisters? Yeah, yes, one of they, them died or something. Or was it? They were going to replace one of the Andrews sisters with Dorothy. Well, they asked her if she'd join them. Yeah, and she went out to America to join them, but she wasn't. A, she wasn't a she's not team a player. Team, she's, no. a, you know, yeah. but because I forget, it was the Andrews sisters. Yeah, it was, yeah, the, it was Andrews. the Andrews sisters. Yeah. and they were huge, weren't they, the Andrews? Sisters. Absolutely. I re- I remember the first time I saw Dorothy sing anywhere. It was at but Brighton Hippodrome, I was nine years old. And it stuck in my memory because she sang Stardust. And I knew she'd do all her own lighting. And it, was, it was lovely. But afterwards, I came back and I was whistling in her dressing room. Oh, no. And she went, get t- out. <laughs> Taboo. I went, what are you going on about? Get out. You're not meant to whistle in there. She said, go outside, turn around and come in and swear. I went, I'm not allowed to swear. So I went out, shut the door, turned around and came in and went, well, I actually said something, but it was like <laughs> spherical objects. <laughs> and that was, the curse was the curse was taken away. Yeah, I was nine at the time. Oh my god! <laughs> oh yeah, you must have whistled. Do you know where that comes from? Whistling the yes, dressing room. I do. The the, the flies. Yeah, they they used to do like when the, you know the flies in the theatre, don't You're you? Right. When they like bring in the scenery. So they used to the stage manager would do it with, with, with whistles because they didn't have intercoms in the yes. very old days. Yes. So if you whistled, see somebody could drop a bloody a flat on your head. Do you know what I mean? Oh, that makes so that's sense. So that's how it came about. Uh, Win Calvin told me that I think because wow. he knows all those stories. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Hey, fantastic. We, there, I, there was nearly another one there. I could tell Emily you were just about to tell me one more. No, I, I was just thinking about her life. Um, she wrote a magazine, the Weekend Magazine. And it was entitled Up at the Count of Nine. And I think that's kind of what her life was like. She got really bad sometimes, but she'd get up and sort of do it again. Yeah, yes. It's it's funny. uh, Enzo Macronelli, who was the world uh, middleweight champion, I think, um, his dad, I got to know him quite well because we did a musical about uh, Tommy Farr. And he used to say that as well. Everybody takes a punch. Everybody takes a punch. What you have to do is go down on one knee. He'd say, put your arm on the rope until the count of eight. But maybe the count of nine just as good as well. So once you yeah. get the, yeah. make sure you you take that breath, isn't it, and then get yeah. back up and and get back into the fight. Well, she certainly did that so many, yeah. so many times. I, I, I I'm sure there's going to be a couple more stories, Johnny, for for yeah. part yeah. for part three. Does that sound like we, <laughs> we can go on forever? We got so much about that. Fantastic. I should go on. I should go on. Oh, you should do it on uh, what's that? Mastermind. Mastermind, talking about Dorothy's Christ, because we know everything about Absolutely. Her. Well, uh, br- brilliant <laughs> stuff. I'm not sure how much of this I can actually broadcast. I'll have to be careful with the healing razor blade. <laughs> and, of course, what we what we always say at this stage, all of these stories are allegedly, you know, if we've said anything, yeah, it's all, always allegedly. But the thing is, you can't, you can't libel or slander anybody if they're dead, you see. Thank goodness for you that. Then he might not want to say the language. No, but you can't, you know, because I, I, I found that out when I was writing the, the biography. Because she wrote a biography, did Dorothy, but she slandered everybody and they were still alive. The things she was saying about them, yeah. about Joan Collins and people. I, I, t- I typed the first chapter of her book. Yeah. And she came down one afternoon. She said, how do you spell xylophone? I've been looking under all the S's. I went, try, try X. <laughs> <laughs> As you say, she left school at the age of 14. Well, that's, um, that's amazing. Well, look, lovely to speak to the both of you again. Um, keep the stories coming, if that's all right, Emily. For, for part okay. three, I think part three is definitely booked in, if that's all right, if you've got if you've got some time. but uh, Yeah, we'll wait a few weeks for that. <laughs> fantastic. Uh, Johnny, uh, well, it's goodbye from me. 
And it's good to have you from me. And it's, and good. it's goodbye from them. Yeah. <laughs> goodbye. Bye. Ta-da. Ta-da.